Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. are on the clock and we have it covered here for you thanks to the fine folk at Bleeding Green Nation and SB Nation. I am your host Michael Kist and it is Combine Week so we are flooding your feed with content. Earlier today on episode 6 of this series I flew solo to get out my thoughts on how the wide receivers performed last night and as I said on that show I didn't want to wait for anybody to get back to me and I was chomping at the bit to talk about a big position of need for the Philadelphia Eagles as they enter the 2020 NFL Draft and Free Agency period and as it happens while I was recording, I heard back from John Ledyard of Pewter Report saying he'd be more than happy to talk about how he saw how things went down. And it's always good to get a different perspective from a good friend of mine and a guy that I really trust to form his own unique opinions on this class. So we're going to kick it over to that in a second. And I'll let you know that BLG and Jimmy Kemsky are supposed to be recording at BGN Radio. So that will be dropping into your feed sometime in the next 24 hours. So make sure that you're subscribed to the feed as we cover this important event from every angle. And let's kick it over to my phone conversation with Mr. Ledyard right now. And joining me today is John Ledyard of Pewter Report. John, you're doing great draft work there on the grind, live in Indy. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. It is fun. It is good to be here. The combine every year is just so much different than the senior bowl. There's not like this, you know, all this football almost to break down all this tape to go over after practices. It's just kind of getting to know players and personalities, asking questions. So it's fun. There's a looseness to it. You get the players to lighten up, talk about best people they face, you know, worst away locker room I've heard asked a bunch. So this is a fun time, get to know players and get a little banter going back and forth and much more laid back for, for us in the media anyway. Uh, compared to the Senior Bowl. So as you can hear, gentle listener, John Ledyard is having a fantastic time at the Combine. And look, just because he writes for a pewter report doesn't mean you can't follow his draft work there because his draft work is is top notch. And that's why I have him here today to talk about what went down yesterday, last night at the Combine as we record this on Friday. And John, you kind of put something out there and I wonder how much you mean it because I had put out my top 10 wide receivers pre-Combine because I wanted to do it not like a coward. You did yours at uh, late at night like a coward and you put out your top five. <laughs> I'm not even sure you believe what you said, but let's kind of work through it, and we kind of we can kind of use that as the framework uh, for for how they performed and what you thought of their performances. Uh, first off, number one, you had C.D. Lamb. It's the same number one as me. You're really smart for that. Uh, what did you think about his uh, his performance there? Did it move the needle at all? Because I don't think I was moved at all by you know his four five one or four five flat, whatever it was for his forty. Well, first of all, how dare you? And second of all, <laughs> I do my best work as a coward, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's a part of my analysis process that you don't understand, but you know, doing things in hindsight is the best way to do them, I've often said. <laughs> uh, no, but as far as the rankings go, yeah, I mean, to me, the, the big thing I want to know that to, to determine maybe a difference between Lamb and Judy was 
there were definitely whispers out there. I don't know if you were hearing them. I was hearing them. Judy was going to run something crazy, like four two, you know, type of stuff, and like get in the get in those high four twos, low four three type of range. And not, not that I would have, you know, like I I had the same, but I had him graded kind of where he was anyway. And so I just was like, oh, maybe I'll be bumping him like another half point for being like an absurd athlete. Right. You know what I mean? Like to being for being like you know elite tier all time athlete. Um, and so that didn't really happen, but he more than solidified his athleticism. There. For me, it was just like, okay, now I feel like pretty comfortable saying C.D. Lamb is the better wide receiver. Or, you know, it's a very slight distinction in my mind, even between any of the top three guys. It really matters more what you need on your team, as I've often said for wide receivers. It matters more like what asset you're missing in your receiving core. Go get that so that your guys can complement each other and bring different things to the table uh, and make you harder to defend. So, that's kind of how I see the top three anyway. But to me, Lamb, the one thing that I love that he showed, it was the same thing that he showed on tape, the body control yeah. and the ability to go up and get the football and pluck it. He's just smooth. I think I don't think he's this amazing athlete. He's just smooth and he moves functionally extremely well for his position. To me, that's way important, more important than just raw athleticism. Yeah, and I agree. Unless these guys like test way outside of the range of what you thought they were going to test, it really doesn't change the grade. And with that top three tier, as you have it, Lamb, Judy, Ruggs, uh, I think that's pretty much the consensus. However you order them, it's what you want, what you value, what you need on your team will dictate who you kind of take there. Are you are you as high on, on Ruggs as other? Is he solidly in that top three? Because I mean, yeah, we knew he was going to be a freak athlete. So like, okay, he runs a disappointing 4.27. I think we all knew he was going to run in the four twos that doesn't really change anything for me the 42 inch vert i mean we've seen you know viral videos of this guy dunking on the basketball court we knew he was going to jump out of the gym it doesn't change much for me but i think with rugs there's a perception out there that he's only a speed guy and i think he's more of a complete wide receiver than that so great combine yes and actually kind of historic he was like the only guys to to, to run under four three and then also jump 40 plus if i'm not mistaken or jump 42 but yeah. like great combine i think he's a great player too yeah, I'm a little bit confused about the whole rugs narrative of just being speed. I, and maybe, you know, you don't have to call out on your podcast, but if you're not a coward, maybe you will. But <laughs> who are the people Who are the people that are starting? Like, are there people with actual followings, like draft backgrounds that are starting right. the Henry Ruggs is just this? I, I don't know where it came from. And everybody I kind of know and trust is all, you know, kind of agreed that Ruggs is way more than just speed, you know. So I think that, NFL teams don't have any question. And to me, it's not any question. You know, the tier one is not Lamb and Judy. It's Lamb, Judy, and Ruggs to me. Um, those are the guys. Now, I have Ruggs third in that list just because I do think R- Judy is a little bit more developed as a route runner. Mm. But Ruggs' speed is such a trump card. It, it could, you know, and he's still a good route runner. So it, it is really hard to distinguish between all those guys. I am actually complete. Listen, this is not the part of your rankings that I would say are totally incorrect. I would say this part of your rankings is fine to me. Like rugs over Judy is fine to me. Rugs one, Lamb two, Judy three is fine. Judy one, like I, to me, I just think all three of them are going to be really good. And whoever's the most productive will probably depend on scheme, how creatively their coach uses them and who their quarterback is more so than one being clearly a better player than the others. That's how I view their, their, their essentially going to the NFL. But one thing about rugs before we move on, his ball skills in 2018, people need to go back and check yes. that out. Because, yeah, this past year, they ran a lot more of an RPO, quick-hitting type of offense, and he didn't get – you know, I think he got a fine amount of targets, but he didn't get a ton of targets because there were so many guys in that offense playing uh, you know, throughout the season, and they all kind of spread the ball around. But Ruggs, a year ago, when he got a lot of vertical targets and had to go up and make plays on the ball, 
you saw ball skills. You saw those huge hands of his at work uh, a lot. So I just think, yeah, there's there's a complete receiver there for sure. Yeah, he he touched up uh, Greedy Williams a couple times in 2018, and one of them in the same drive was that one-handed behind the back as he's running a slant. Just an absurd catch. You could see that he had big hands, and and you're right. Like I, I don't really care how you order them. When I have my grading scale, it's like from zero to a hundred, and Judy and Rugs are like point one away from each other. I really don't care, mm-hmm. you know, who you prefer. So I agree with you there. I think in tier two, that's when it starts to get really interesting from everybody, and that's where everything kind of goes wild for all the different analysts. Probably because, you know, from guy four to 10, you might have all of them inside your top 50. It's really just a matter of preference and, and how you order them and whatnot. But you have at number four, a guy who really helped himself, I thought, Justin Jefferson from LSU, who had a 4-4-3, 40-yard dash. I thought he helped himself with this combine. He was one of my winners. What do you think about Jefferson? Because I have him a little bit lower than you than 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 mm-hmm. you have him. Sell me on Jefferson and what you thought of his performance. Yeah, I don't think I'll have a first-round grade on Jefferson. So I kind of would push back a little bit on people saying, Justin Jefferson, first round lock, like he solidified himself there. He's a first round grade for me. He may go in the top 32. Yeah. I just don't have a first round grade on him. You know, I have a, I have a good second round grade on him. I think there's a clear distinction between the top tier wide receivers and the next group. So that one might be where I differ a little bit from it, where everybody's like, there's like a hundred dudes in this draft who can put, you know, who can be stars at the receiver position. I don't really see the class that way. In fact, I think. Last year's class may have had more. I don't know. I'll probably get slandered for saying that. But last year's class may have had more guys. I feel like they had that type of potential. Uh, and certainly they had a great rookie season. They had a bunch of great rookie seasons too. So there's that to consider. But, I, you know, I think I like Jefferson still because ball skills and contested catchability and toughness to work the middle of the field um, and better speed than you think too. On tape, it's hard to tell because he is a long strider, uh, but, he, but he, he does. He covers ground and he got behind corners. I just was like, I don't know, because he's not playing, you know, the best outside corners in the conference because yeah. he's playing in the slot so much. It was a little bit harder to gauge how fast he really was. So I think the speed's good because it tells you what he did in tape will translate to the NFL, which is important. Um, so I like those things about his game. I don't think he always separates really well from man coverage. Mm. He is kind of deceptive in his stems, but he's not really an explosive or sudden mover as much as he is just kind of smooth and nuanced. Um, so there may be some athletic matchups that give him difficulty, but and also how where do you use him? Can he get off press coverage on the outside? Is that going to be his best role, or is he just kind of a big slot all the time in the NFL? And that may be fine, depending you know if the team knows how to use him and they play him in that role, and he's kind of like you know Larry Fitzgerald type of role. How he was in Arizona, where he played in the slot all the time, and did lots of things to help the team. And you know he so say Jefferson develops the blocker, he could end up being a super useful player and easily worth a second round grade. Um, at that position, but that's the, some of the things that maybe muddy his evaluation a little bit. See, that's funny because uh, our rankings with Jefferson are so much different. But I agree with exactly everything you just said. So you're you're mm-hmm. smart for that. <laughs> but let's let's get to number five because this was a really confusing uh, combine. For Jalen Rager, who's your number five guy here, he shows up at 206 pounds, 11 11 pounds heavier than he's listed. He looks yoked up, and and the night starts out for him, ho-hum, 42 inch on the vert, 11.6 on the broad. Those are fantastic numbers, but that's the explosiveness that I thought everyone saw on film from, from Rager, but then... 
He runs a 4.47 when he was supposed to compete with Ruggs for the fastest 40-yard dash, and then he also has a super stiff 7.313 cone. It was one of the more confusing combines that I had seen, and it started out great and then kind of fell off. Well, what happened with Rager, and what do you think of him as a prospect? Yeah, it was very uh, very odd because on tape, you know, there's no issues really with Rager in terms of his abilities in space, or you never watch him and you're like, man, this guy's so stiff. <laughs> right. Like, you know, you just... You don't get that impression at all, and you knew he could jump. I mean, there's plenty of examples of him, you know, going up over dudes and getting the ball in college despite not being the biggest dude. Um, so, yeah, I, I really – and we, we talked about this a little bit on Twitter too. I think we, we brought Hayden Winks uh, from Roto World into the conversation. He's done a lot of uh, analytical work on looking at what uh, numbers, what workout results matter for different receivers. And he said the three cone and short shell just have a very small translation who ends up being good and successful at the receiver position, even for a sub – six foot receivers, which Rieger is at, at 5'11 and something and change. Um, so I thought that was interesting because it just kind of shows that over the course of time, those workouts haven't had a huge impact and being explosive is, is more important. Um, and uh, so I think that uh, to me, he checked the boxes he needed to check. I, you know, I know some people hoped he'd get like low four, three type of range. I would have been comfortable with that, but four fours is still plenty fast to me. Um, also one thing to note that's interesting with wide up, you know, he starts with his hand down in that stance uh, that they start from within the 40. And some guys end up being more comfortable in that stance and running from it than others. And to me, what I thought from Rager was I didn't think he was comfortable out of the block. Once he got going, you know, and actually just running, I thought he was really fast. So it's always something to keep in mind with those guys who are going to start running from a different position that they may end up playing a good bit faster than they ran because some guys aren't really comfortable running out of the blocks from that stance and some guys don't have the background that you know with their bodies and, and their training whether it's for track or whatever it might be to run it from a position like that uh, so it may be a bigger adjustment for them and over a short period of time they may not be as comfortable with it as others so something to keep in mind with a 40 like Rangers. Yeah, and that's something to keep in mind with some other guys as well. And I want to touch on a winner from you and a loser from you outside of this top five. I think, you know, one of my big winners and one of the big winners throughout the, the process is Denzel Mims, who kind of has that track ba- background. So you can understand, understand why he would run a really fast 40. But at the same time, like he has nailed the process A to Z. Is he your big winner or is there someone else from this group that really stood out for you? Um, he's definitely a big winner, but just to be different, I'll go in another direction. I just didn't think Michael Pittman was a, was a great athlete. Uh, so. And maybe he's not on tape, and I don't think he may not be the most explosive dude on tape, but you know, there's some speed there he showed running on the four fives, I think. Um, he had a 6.96, I believe, three cones. So, I mean, uh, you know, that's kind of an impressive result for him. Uh, again, one of the better three cone times of the receivers who did do the three cone. Um, you know, again, I don't know that that translates much to, in terms of predicting success, but it's never bad to be more athletic. And so I think he proved, just generally speaking, that he's more athletic. He had the hops. Uh, to continue to be a contested catch type of receiver in the NFL and, and show that he has physical and athletic traits that will help him keep winning that way as he did in college. We know his ball skills are there. I don't think he'll ever separate well from man coverage on tape probably, but can he keep winning in the vertical portion of the field? Does he have enough speed to make defensive backs play their best game and bring their top speed vertically, get on top of certain matchups? And we know he can win the ball in the air. So, yeah, I thought, I honestly, before the, I was like, man, I could see Pittman being a guy that people like but slides like, late round three, early early day three of the draft. Mm. And now I don't think there's any danger of that happening, you know, with this tape combined with that type of testing and, and being a pretty pretty good on the podium too with teams, I think. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that he'll be a, a, off the board in the top 100 for sure. 
What about a loser? Because one guy that I had in my losers column for for BGN was Jawan Jennings out of Tennessee because, I mean, he had my combine. He had a 29-inch vertical jump and had an, uh, an ugly 9-foot, uh, 1-inch broad jump and a 4-7-3, 40-yard dash. Just a bad, yeah. bad day for Jennings. Was he one of your big losers or is there someone else out there? He was, yeah. And I think, you know, with Jennings, it was like, man, none of us really thought that he tested great, but right. he tested abysmally. So it's like, man, hard to get behind that in the top 100. It's just, I know he's great after the catch and he's tough as nails. And I like some of the things he shows on tape, but my big concern was, you know, he's not a good athlete. And instead he proved he's like a bathlete. So that is where you get concerned. Definitely with a guy like Juwan Jennings. And then, I mean, I'll throw out LaVisca Chanel too, although I, I yeah. know that's somewhat muddy because there's, some people think he's still running hurt. To me, that makes no sense. Why would an agent of a guy who's projected to go in the first round have that guy run at all in the 40 when when he's not healthy? But then he didn't run a second 40, so I don't really know what's going on there. They're running four five nine for Lavisca Chanel. You know that there, he is his stock to me, and I didn't love him as much on tape as others. But I just think he has to be a great athlete to get excited about him because he's not super polished. Um, so yeah. it's going to be really important that he's that he's a great athlete. And another guy that kind of fits that is Brandon Ayuk. I don't know if I call him a loser because he still had, I think, a great vertical. I didn't see his agilities or if he did him. He had a yeah, 40-inch vertical, so I think he did really well there, yeah. Yeah. Hey, but then the 40-yard the dash, what did the official end up being, 4-5? I think four, it was 4-5 flat. 4-5 flat. So, I mean, he's it's still fine, but Ayuk was supposed to be like a 4-3 guy. You know what I mean? People thought he was like a true burner and everything like that. And so uh, I think with him, with Ayuk, my big concern was, I don't think he's a super nuanced route runner right now. And I think his release game also needs a lot of work. So mm. it's, there's a rawness in those technical areas of playing wide receiver that I think might need improvement moving forward. I like the raw athleticism and the fact that he break tackles and make plays with the ball in his hands. Um, but I think for him, he probably was like, man, I wish I would have showed like elite speed, you know, to get everybody buzzing. And now I think people just kind of like, Ayuk won't be a winner or loser. He'll just kind of be stock stagnant type of guy. But I felt like he had an opportunity to, really boost his stock and i don't know if that happened yeah if he didn't hit that 40 inch vertical he was definitely going to go in my losers column i wonder if he mm -hmm. runs that 40 again on his pro day and tries to improve on that right. time so we'll see but john let the gentle listeners know because i, I want to have you back throughout the week here and definitely after the combine to kind of really dig in on this stuff i know you're a busy man so i'm gonna let you go but let the uh, gentle listeners know where they can find you and find all your work yeah you can find my work over at pewterreport.com i've got scouting reports rolling out even now on players just want to get my evaluation thoughts out there on a bunch of players for everybody. So pewterreport.com there. And then on Twitter at Ledyard, L-E-D-Y-A-R-D, NFL Draft. You can always find a lot of my thoughts in a continual stream of nonsense on Twitter. So that's where you can find me. <laughs> He's never wrong, guys. He's never wrong. So go True. check him out. Thanks, John. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it.